Hey everybody, thanks so much for listening to The Ripple with Juju. I just wanted to uh, put a little blurb before the beginning of this episode and let everyone know, um, again, reiterating that uh, neither myself nor anybody that I have on the show um, are diagnosing or offering prescriptions um, for treatment to any illness, whether it's physical or mental health issues. Um, yes, I do sometimes have physicians on, uh, but they are not a physician to diagnose nor treat. So, uh, what is offered here on the ripple with Juju is people's personal experiences, uh, in whatever the topic may be for that particular episode. So if you are having issues, whether it's physical or mental health, spiritual issues, um, consult with uh, one of your healthcare providers so you can get the help that you need. And also, I wanted to let everybody know, I don't do a lot of editing on these episodes. I split them um, at the beginning and end and and in the middle just for ad placement. Um, so sometimes the sound quality, the audio quality will not be, um, um, a hundred percent. So, and I do apologize for that, but I want to also keep this as authentic as I can. Um, so I don't do a lot of editing. Pretty much what you hear on these episodes is, you know, what's happening. So the only thing that I've been editing out is the, you know, before the episode officially starts, you know, me and my guest are conversing and then at the end as well. So really that's the only thing that gets edited out. And, you know, I had a coffin fit in this one. So I tried to edit some of that out. So y'all didn't have to listen, listen to me cough for 60 seconds. So just so you know, um, Yeah, editing and scripting is not my thing. I like to have a general idea of the topics that we'll cover when I have a guest on. Um, That way I've at least got some direction, but we do go off of, um, you know, my list and, you know, meander as a typical conversation would. So I hope that that's uh, something that everybody appreciates. Um, I'm sure somebody somewhere doesn't, but oh, well, don't listen. I don't know what to tell you. So thank you for listening to The Ripple with Juju. Um, I would greatly appreciate any support you can offer at patreon.com slash The Ripple with Juju. And you can listen to The Ripple with Juju on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor.fm. Thanks, everybody, for listening. All right. Welcome to The Ripple with Juju. I have a friend of mine, Lee Nadel, with me today. Hi, Lee. Hi. I hope everything's going well in your world. It is. It is. It's going really well. Excellent. I can't wait to hear about it. So I went to your website, which is tigristranscendence.com, correct? Yep, that's it. Excellent. So I browse around a little, so I'm going to be having some questions. And Lee is an empowerment coach. She is an integration specialist. And she's a flow artist. 
So I think I'd like to stop at the start at the top of that list. Um, what do you do as an empowerment coach, Lee? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. So basically, as an empowerment coach, I'm uh, assisting people to stand in their power. And basically what that means is um, when we are held back by our fears and limiting beliefs, we're not fully standing in our power because we're letting other things get in the way of what we truly want and getting in the way of our dreams. And a lot of times people don't even know what they want. They've never even thought about it. Um, they've never been asked. And, you know, that's usually one of the first steps is figuring out what do you really want out of life? Because a little known secret that not many people know about is you actually get to create your own reality. I think that a lot of people are so tuned into this um, societal program of, you know, get the nine to five and get the house and the car and have the kids and um, this whole program of what, you know, what we're supposed to do and people kind of do that mindlessly. Yeah. But we actually get to create whatever kind of life we want for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, and that's kind of what makes life so beautiful and magical. So, um, you know, I've kind of went through this process myself. I have my own personal experience with this. And I believe that one of my missions here on the planet is to help other people to do the same. That's awesome. We need more people um, that will assist us because one of the things that gets spoken of frequently on the Ripple with Juju is the level of conditioning and programming that yes. we've been subject to, you know, from as soon as we come out of the womb. And Absolutely. I, I'm telling you, it's been my biggest, and I, and I know that struggle is not the word that I want to use, but I think it's quite appropriate because you know, breaking that conditioning and that programming. And, you know, it's not that I want to look at somebody outside of me and say, it's your fault, it's your fault, it's your fault. But I mean, the facts be the facts, you know, we are programmed and conditioned in this society to believe that the nine to five, quote unquote, American dream, you know, the house, the car, the kids, the education is the way it's supposed to be done. And then we come to plant medicine and I'm guessing that's where you had to switch up as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, then we come to plant medicine and it's like, wait a second. Um, no, uh, no, <laughs> it doesn't have to be that way. What yeah. I get to create my own reality. What? So yeah, right. I know. Uh, I know. It's and, an amazing realization. So how did this, how did this come about for you personally? Well, yeah, plant medicine definitely played a huge role in um, shifting my own beliefs and shifting my consciousness. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of hard to like really pinpoint, I think, because um, I mean, sometimes I've heard stories from people where, you know, they have like a near death experience and like that was the exact moment. But right. I think for a lot of other people, it's like a more gradual process because I remember, I think it was in 2018, um, I was listening to a lot of Terrence McKenna at the time. Right. And, um, 
you know, he's like a, a pretty famous psychonaut um, who explored the depths of his own consciousness. And, you know, he back in the day, he was actually really woke and he was trying to tell people uh, the truth. Yeah. And listening to him just activated so much remembrance in me. And, you know, by the time that I came to plant medicine to work with it in a healing capacity in early 2019, I was ready. You know, I, I was ready. I was, I was really tired of living life in the way that, you know, I had been, uh, the way that I learned, um, yeah. the way that had been shown to me. And, you know, I, I've kind of always really felt like there's something more. Yes. So the plant medicine, you know, and, and it's been, you know, I've been working with it for a couple years. Um, so it wasn't like I sat with it once and bam, <laughs> I mean, it yeah. definitely did. It definitely did shift a lot, but, you know, I think it's also important to know that it also is a process and it, and it takes personal work and commitment and time. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, seem to think all they have to do is uh go somewhere and you know drink a couple of cups of ayahuasca you know i wish i wish it was that easy (laughs) it'd be nice if it was that easy but then but so that brings us to you are also an integration specialist can you explain that to us absolutely um so after my own personal experience working with the plant medicines and Um, You know, I also have a background in psychology and social work. And at the time, I was seeing my own therapist. And what I found was there was a huge gap there. So um, integration support was being provided by um, the church that I went to. um, But I believe it was just periodically and it was in a group setting. Um, So depending on how many people attended, you may or may not get to share. And then sometimes, you know, there's some things, Juju, that I feel like are very personal that we may not want to share with a big group of people because, you know, we can only really hold space to the level that we've held space for ourselves. So, you know, we really need to be with the right fit as far as someone who can sit there and really hold space for us um, for that experience. And so after having experienced personally, the kind of the missing link and the the gap that exists, um, and there's still a huge gap that I see across the board Um, You know, I I kind of I realized in that moment with my educational background and my own personal experience that it was just a really good fit for me and I'd be able to help people in that way. And so, you know, a lot of people wonder what is integration exactly? What does that mean? Everybody talks about it. What does it mean? So integration. So you have this really transformational experience many times when you sit with these medicines. And so a lot of times it can shift beliefs. It can dismantle your ego, dismantle your reality. And so there's a lot changing and happening in your consciousness. And, you know, and sometimes it can be overwhelming and sometimes it can be really intense and it's different for every person. So sometimes it's more intense. Sometimes it's not. Um, But we're also kind of exploring like these different spaces and these different dimensions. And, you know, 
having these experiences that to the layperson, to the person who has not experienced plant medicine, they're not going to understand. And they might yes. think you're just absolutely crazy. Yes. Um, <laughs> just to pause right there. I love the word that you use dismantle. Um, and it, it's, that is like the perfect word for what happens to, you know, that, that programming and that conditioning and, you know, this, uh, system of beliefs that we've grown up with is that's exactly what happens. That all gets dismantled. It does. And that can be a huge shock to the system, especially yes. if you've been living a certain way for so many years. And then to come back to, you know, your home with the people you love, your friends and family they're probably not going to understand. They're probably not going to be the best people to talk to about these experiences. And then you have to go back to your job. I mean, there's, I think uh, it's, it's very common for people to want to make changes in their life when they oh, come yeah. back. Oh yeah. Whether it's, whether it's their diet, the music they listen to, like there's so many different components of it. Um, and so integrating is taking the experience and incorporating that into your everyday life, taking the lessons, the downloads, whatever information you received. Like, for example, if you got a download that said you shouldn't eat meat anymore, then you need to actually follow through with that because right. if you don't, you know, and I know this from personal experience on some of the information that I received. If you don't, then you're just going to kind of prolong the work and you may have to come back to the medicine again. Yes. So it's important to um, to really like give yourself that time, like at least two or three months after you sit with it and working with someone, whether it's a friend who's already sat with the medicine or a therapist or an integration specialist, whoever you feel comfortable with, but working with someone, especially after that first time, um, yeah. to really integrate that experience. Yeah. I think it's, um, it's a difficult thing to learn. I think when you're first coming into the plant medicine world that we are really truly connecting to a different dimension that we may have never experienced before. So I think there's um, the wanting the validation, which can happen with an integration specialist um, to trust what you have received, to trust mm -hmm. that information that you've received while you were in the medicine. I mean, like the example that you used, you know, if you get a download when you're in the medicine about, you know, not to eat meat either forever or for a while or whatever, you know, if you've been a meat and potatoes person for 40 something years, right. that can be like, okay, I don't know who that was telling me that, but I've been a meat person all my life, so I can't do blah, blah, blah. So I think that's one of the perks of having an integration specialist to help you because they can kind of validate, you know, that other voice that you hear or feel when you're in medicine. 
Absolutely. And you know what I find is I love I love when this happens, especially when it's someone's first time and they come back to me and we're working together after their first time sitting. Now, you know, the the plant medicine has uh, you know, it's inside their system and it's upgraded them with like this whole new language now. Yeah. So it's just, it's so, I love it so much. So now they're coming back to me and like, they're speaking this whole new language. Um, and, you know, I understand because I, you know, the medicine is in, is in me as well. So it, it never leaves you once, you know, once you sit with it, it's always there and you always True. have access to it. Um, yes. and it's just, it's so beautiful being able to speak this, this brand new, I call it like a love language because yes. it is, um, yeah. you know, it's coming from a place of love, of love for yourself first and foremost, but also for the world. Yeah. It's, and, like, a, it's like a language for our spirit, you know? Um, mm -hmm. and yeah, it's like learning a whole new way of existing on the planet. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's so beautiful. <laughs> oh my gosh, isn't it? I, I have often spoke about, you know, as wonderful as being in the medicine the, the first weekend was, um, I was quite surprised the first time I volunteered and was holding space for people at how lovely and moving and transformative that was. Yes. Uh, it was almost as intense and holy of an experience as being in the medicine absolutely absolutely i agree you know and it was just my gosh and it's led me down my own path so that's awesome so you work as an empowerment coach you work as an integration specialist that's awesome i'm so happy to hear that because i remember um <laughs> I, like 2019 and we met and you yeah. know when when people are coming to the medicine for the first time it's like you want to just grab them and, and say oh I'm so happy for you that you're here <laughs> you know? I know yeah it's this know. you have for everybody that you come across um in that setting you know um that it's just you you've had a glimpse of what um, realm they're getting ready to step into and it's like the joy and the happiness for them mm, yes um, it's yes. just it's like you said before you know you, you get excited about it um okay so and also you are a flow artist I really really am curious about that <laughs> um yeah, so um, by flow artist, I'm referring to flow arts. Um, and flow arts is, the term flow arts is relatively new, but flow arts has been existing since, you know, pretty much the dawn of time. Um, there's actually drawings on uh, Egyptian walls showing people with, uh, they're throwing balls in the air, like juggling. Okay. So... Um, so flow arts is basically the movement and manipulation of a prop. And um, many times people will also incorporate dance with it. Um, okay. and you can look at the uh, Maori tribes in New Zealand. They use poi, which is ball on a rope. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, there's 
props that come from martial arts, like the staff and the rope dart. And then there's there's newer props that have come out that have LED lights. Uh, there's props with fire. Um, and it's just my, so my primary prop, my favorite one that I use, they're fiber optic LED whips. And um, okay. they create, they create light trails and they're very flowy, very feminine. And it's almost kind of like I described to people, it's like painting. It's like painting in the night sky is what it's like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've actually been, been witness to uh, many, many of the flow arts having gone to um, pagan gatherings and uh, things of that nature. Um, and I've seen people use the flow sticks and the poi mm-hmm. and, and, you know, the staffs and the fire and rope. And, and uh, so I wasn't sure if you were speaking of the same thing. And I love that you were because I just love that stuff. And I never have had the chance to play with the LED whips, but I've seen them. Is it, it's, it looks like it's a lot of fun. Oh, they're so much fun. <laughs> they're oh. so much fun. Yeah. And they're relatively easy. Um, I mean, you don't really have to know any specific tricks. You can just kind of pick them up and play with them. That's what I love about them so much is that anybody can use them. Um, oh. I will say if, if anybody's listening, I will encourage wearing eye protection because um, the ends of the fibers are very sharp. Um, oh. But uh, yeah, and then you can also, they're very versatile. You can do um, you can do different movements and tricks from, you know, anything from like poi to rope dart. Um, and there's lots of different really cool tricks you can learn to do with them. But I actually came across those several years ago back in 2015. Um, I saw a video and this was when like they first came out and I knew like, oh my gosh, I was mesmerized. It was so beautiful. So I was like, I have to have those. And, and I got them. And for me, they really became a way to, uh, to self-treat my anxiety and my depression. Okay. Um, and I, a couple years ago, I took a course um, with Dr. Uh, Jinju Dasala, and she's, um, she's a neuroscientist and she teaches neurosomatic flow arts. And so I was certified in her program. Um, and I learned a lot about what's actually happening in the brain as we're, uh, as we're engaging in the, in the flow arts and more generally just like the flow state. And so what happens is the part of the brain that's responsible for the overthinking and the anxiety, that part temporarily shuts down. And is that comparable to the default mode network? um, I think that's a little bit different. Okay. Um, But this is just like specific parts of the brain that are responsible for specific things like, you know, towards the front, like the prefrontal cortex, that's more responsible for, um, for thinking and analyzing. And that's, you know, where we tend to like go into anxiety and worry. And then we have, um, you know, kind of the back parts of the brain that are responsible for um, the uh, motor control. Um, So that's going to be more somatic and things like balance and movement. And so that part of the brain kind of takes over, um, especially when we're uh, using like a prop. 
And so um, for me, it just became this really beautiful way to, to help to kind of like self-medicate myself almost. And, um, you know, once you, there's certain movements you can learn, but then once you get them down and they're, they're kind of, um, they're set within your body, you don't really have to think about them anymore. That's when you can enter the flow state and, when you're in the flow state, it's just beautiful. Time and space just falls away. And um, it's hard to describe, but... It sounds kind of like um, like a moving meditation almost. Yes, it's exactly that. Okay, it's that's exactly beautiful. That. Okay, so I'm going to take a pause right here, and we're going to come back, and I, I want to ask you um, some specifics, especially about the word neurosomatic. So... We're going to take a break. We're going to listen to one of my sponsors and we will be back with Lee Nadel and she's going to tell us some more about neurosomatic flow arts. Awesome. Yay. Okay. (laughs) So I'm making a note of the time so I can get in there. Okay. And we are back with Lee Nadel and Lee, I have a question. The word that you used when you were speaking about the flow arts, you used the word neurosomatic. What does that mean? Um, Yeah, so neurosomatic is um, basically incorporating, um, it's incorporating the body and mind together. And so so the um, mind and the somatic for body. Right. So what happens is, Let's say that you're learning a new um, a new flow prop, like let's say you're learning poi, for example, and you're learning a new movement, like a two beat weave, for example, where you have to cross over your body. Well, at first, it's going to seem kind of awkward and clunky. And, um, you know, it's kind of like the first time you ride a bike, how you're kind of like wobbly and shaky, right? right. But then right. when you practice the movement enough, it's just going to become wired in your body, kind of like riding a bike like eventually it's just it's stable and it's smooth well at the time that it's becoming wired you're actually creating a new neural pathway in your brain yes yes that's what i was thinking good okay yes absolutely um and so um and you can also, depending on the prop and the movement, um, like, for example, if you're using something like a hula hoop around your waist, you can also create a sense of safety with the body um, okay. just from the from the physical touch of the prop. Um, right. But we can also take advantage of the the moment where we create the new neural pathway. We can also take advantage of that moment to also introduce, for example, a new belief system or a positive affirmation. And so, yeah, it can get really juicy. And so um, not only do you have that movement that's being, um, you know, you're creating a new pathway in your body for the new movement, you can also create a new pathway for like a new belief. I love the combination. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I love the combination that's it's like just being able to just reprogram yourself not just with the neural pathways um, but with the affirmations that's beautiful yeah it's just one of many ways to reprogram the mind awesome yeah I've listened to um, a lot of Dr. Joe Dispenza where he talks about 
um, you know, the wiring and the firing of the neural pathways mm-hmm. and, you know, how we can make the, the good ones stronger and, you know, the ones that we don't feed get weaker. So, I mean, it makes perfect sense. Um, but I love that you can take that in combination with that movement. That's awesome. So did, let me ask you this too. One of my personal um, tasks or endeavors has been to get my masculine and feminine more balanced mm-hmm. um, because of my personal history, um, you know, with abuse, I had, I have always had a tendency to be um, let the masculine be more dominant um, instead of having a balance. Um, so this sounds like it would be a wonderful tool for me to create that balance between the masculine and the feminine. Absolutely. And I can relate to that fully because I was mostly in my masculine for a long time also. (laughs) So all right. So you know what I'm talking about then. I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly. Oh man, it it it's it's been a a bitch. I, I know, I know. And honestly, Juju, I think that most people, I think that's just kind of like a societal norm to be in the masculine. Oh, yeah. And that's a whole nother topic. So let's keep going. <laughs> that could the- be a whole hour by itself. Yeah, I'm telling you. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah it is. It is a really great way to get more into the feminine. Um, and even specifically like, um, with some of the movements, like let's say you're you're using a poi and you're swinging poi, when you swing the poi in the forward direction, which is, you know, if you give anybody a set of poi, they're going to naturally just start to swing it forward. That's just kind of right. like the natural tendency. And that right. is the yang. And that's, that's the masculine flow. But then okay. when we take it and we start swinging it backwards, the other direction, uh, that's right. the yin that's the yin and the feminine energy. And now it's coming towards your face. (laughs) So now it's really about, you know, surrendering and allowing. Um, And yeah, it it can be really, really beautiful. Um, That to me was, uh, that can be a little bit more difficult um, to just allow that movement. Um, But once you do, it, it just allows for this beautiful balance of the energies. So how did you come into flow arts? Is it just something that you spotted and said you wanted to learn or did you have a friend that introduced you? Well, I saw, you know, I had, um, I think I just saw that video in 2015. Um, and uh, I, I think I, I went to my first music festival and then I saw that video um, and oh. I just, I bought them and I just started playing around with them. And, um, you know, then I started going to more music festivals and, um, there's a lot of flow arts, um, that's happening at the festival. So I got to see a lot of different props. Um, and then I was actually, it was a plant medicine weekend. (laughs) Um, one of the facilitators, um, I had brought them with me and she saw me using them. And then she told me about this training and Mm -hmm. it just, and it just kind of lined up just like that. 
That's awesome. And who you had mentioned somebody before, um, a neuroscientist mm -hmm. um, in relation to um, the neurosomatic flow arts. Can you repeat that name? Yeah, it's Dr. Jinju, J-I-N-J-U. That's close uh -huh. to your name. <laughs> yeah. And her last name is Dasala, D-A-S-A-L-A. Dasala, and she, okay. Yeah, and she can be, she uh, has a website. It's called um, the Nyasa Institute. Okay, you'll have to text that to me so I can put I that in the um, description of this episode um, because that is some good stuff right there. That's the kind <laughs> of stuff that um, we need to be tapping into. So... That's amazing. So thank you for explaining all that to me. That sounds beautiful. Um, so what has your plant medicine journey looked like since 2019? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? Well, wow. That's a, that's a really vague a question. question. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, um, you know, 2000, early 2019 was, you know, when I first started, um, as I mentioned, and that was with ayahuasca right. and I've sat with ayahuasca several times since then. Um, the last time I sat with it was in the summer of 2020. Um, and I've also, I've, you know, I've, uh, I've sat with a few other things also, um, okay. and I think the last time, the last time that I sat with anything was in May, it was like April or May of last year. Okay. Um, I found that when I was kind of first starting, I wanted to do it a little bit more frequently, but then it was kind of like starting to taper off and uh -huh. kind of like where I am now, I, I don't really have much of a desire to um to sit with it as of right, right. now yeah i think it's I, i've i've noticed that since i started working with plant medicines many different ones um the time in between is getting longer yeah um i think for me personally i think because i like to sit with the integration of the medicine for a nice long time yeah um yeah that serves me better. Um, yeah. Yeah. I did the integration. I'm, I'm so glad we spoke in detail about the integration um, and how important it can be for people to reach out and find an integration specialist um, because of, you know, the numerous difficulties that we can encounter um, in our integration. So my next question for you is what, um, has been your biggest challenge since you started with plant medicine? Oh, wow. That's, that's, that's a juicy question, Juju. <laughs> um, my biggest challenge, I'd say that my biggest challenge has been maintaining the vision of a new earth within my heart. Okay. Because I see it and I've spoke with many others who also see it and we all know that it's coming right. and it's already started. It's just a matter of 
holding on to that vision, especially um, through the day-to-day life. Um, because, you know, I totally know what you're saying. Keep going. <laughs> we, you know, we still live in this, um, in this system or this structure, uh, where, you know, we need money to buy things for ourselves. We, basically it costs money to live. Yeah. Um, and I know that there's a better way. And I, I know that, you know, we could create a system for people where it doesn't have to be like that, where people don't have to be going to these soul sucking jobs where, you know, basic needs can be provided for, for every single person. Right. And, um, it, it's, it's a very different world. And, um, so I think that's kind of been the hardest thing for me is just, holding that, just holding that within my heart as much as possible. Yes, I can relate to that. I, there are some days, some days, some weeks, some months where it's, I'm able to hold on to the vision of what I want my life to look like. And then um, it, it's like I get sucked back in the hole. Yeah. You know, and, and it's like, oh, and I, Honestly, that's how I've been feeling lately. It's been very difficult for me to maintain that that vibration that I know I function best at. Right. As far as, you know, because that's the vibration, that's the level of vibration that I need to be at to maintain that vision. Yes. Um, like you absolutely. said, you know, the day-to-day stuff, you know. And we all get put with different things. Um, So, yeah, I can I can vouch for that. I think that's been one of my biggest challenges as well. Yeah. And a a big download for me and and a vision that I have and that I know many others share also is kind of forming these um, intentional communities, Um, because I think that's a really important part of it is being in community and having the support of others. Because I think the difficulty lies when we're alone and when we're separated from each other, like we, we are supposed to be living in tribes. Yes. Um, and I really, I just feel the push to get back to that way of life. Um, and so I think it would be easier if we're, if we're around other people who kind of, you know, also share that vision and, you know, can match our vibrational frequencies. It's just going to be easier to maintain it. Well, I think it's always, I think whenever um, societies start heading towards um, a new paradigm, I think the beginning of it surely is always the hardest you know, so I think maybe this is, these are the baby steps that we need to take, you know, learning to work with plant medicines and learning to um, communicate effectively from the heart, you know, and I think that's where Mm -hmm. the integration comes in. Me personally, I've done a lot of inner child work um, Mm -hmm. and realized, you know, I had lived 50 years of my life from like either my hurt six-year-old or my angry 16-year-old. So, you know, so seriously, when I realized that, I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Well, that's not productive. (laughs) So (laughs) when you step out of that and, you know, you can 
communicate effectively from your heart, which we're not used to, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's one of the things that we start getting used to when we work with plant medicines and we work in a tribe is we start learning how to effectively communicate from the heart and learn not to take things personally. Um, and I think that's like the little, one of the little baby steps that we need to, to do um, in order to live in the tribe again. Yes, I absolutely agree. Um, you know, I kind of, I, <laughs> I have this motto that I live by where my heart is in control. And then I just use my mind to figure out how to do what my heart wants to do. Yeah. And I think when it comes to living in tribe, I think the one golden rule would have to be owning your shit. Yeah. <laughs> so if no, you get triggered. Good. Yeah. There's no better way to put it than that. Just own your shit and take responsibility for your exactly. shit. Exactly. You know. And then it's all good, right? Like, you know, you don't stop projecting your wounds onto other people, stop blaming other people and, you know, just take responsibility. And I think that's the key to being able to live in community. I agree 110%, 110%, because I know that I've noticed um, just the difference in how I relate to people, whether it's people that are close to me or not close to me. You know, if I, it, it's much more productive and fulfilling if I speak from my heart. Yes. Um, you know, and, and, you know, step back and observe, you know, um, objectively that, you know, this is not personal, but I need to create my boundaries. And, you know, that's been a big thing for me in communicating, especially with people that I'm close to, um, is, you know, that, that little girl inside me is like, Oh no, if you say that, they're not going to like you anymore. Yeah, right. you know, so I've got to step back and I've got to be like, okay, listen, six-year-old, I know how you feel. I'm holding space for how you're feeling, but right now I have to do the grown up thing and set the boundary. Yeah. And you know, sometimes they're not going to like it and that's, and that's okay too. Like I've, I've had to separate from people who can't respect my boundaries and that's okay. Yes. And that is okay. It doesn't mean that I don't love you. I still love you. It just means that I can't be in your space. Right. And I don't have you in mind, you know? So and unfortunately, you know, that's, I think that's the part that makes us um, a little on the sad side when we start stepping into this new paradigm is that some people are going to fall by the wayside. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Some people, some people are just not going to be ready to join us. Yes. Yes. And I know that's, that's been the instance, you know, with uh, me and my own family members, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and it, it's just, it is, it's very sad. And I think there's a grieving process that goes with that. Yeah. No, I know I've had to allow time to grieve that because, you know, we, when we're raised in this society thinking, you know, um, 
these people that are in our family, we want to look up to them, look up to them. And then when we come into this new consciousness, we realize they're not what we thought they were. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, we have this um, like fantasy of what we think they are. And then when we kind of step more into our, our own power and our own consciousness, we realize that that was just a myth and we need to kind of readjust how we relate to people in our life. Yeah. Um, and I can relate a lot with this too, because, you know, I have a similar experience with my family members and I think I was holding on so much to like, I just wanted it. I wanted us to be close and I wanted us to be on the same page. But then I, I finally just had to accept that it wasn't going to be like that. And I had to just let it go. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not an easy task, you know. And, no, and, no, it's you know, not. I hope people allow themselves the time to grieve when they mm -hmm. finally realize that that's not happening. You know? Right. Right. You know, they're, yeah, they're absolutely. The mommy that you wanted or the daddy that you wanted or deserved or the sibling or whatever, you know. Um, yeah, that's kind of the that's part of being, you know, being one of the chain breakers, I feel, yeah. is having to like reparent yourself and remother yourself. And, you know, yes. and um, and like you said, I think it's absolutely so important to allow the grief process to take place. That's one of those, yeah. you know, quote unquote, dirty emotions that people don't like and they're so uncomfortable with it. But it's so important because if we don't really allow ourselves to sit with it and feel it, it's just going to be affecting our lives in some not so great ways. Yes, you know? but, because if we're not going to, if we can't sit with it and feel it, then it's just going to fester like a, a exactly, infection, you know, and turn in and turn into depression and manifest as disease and all these different things. Right. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> but I think you know, it's, always, really it's always so much easier to see it. Um, in other people, you know, it's uh -huh. hard to look in the mirror, very, very hard to look in the mirror. So it's like, it kind of takes twice the effort when I'm looking in the mirror. Cause I'm like, okay, we gotta, we gotta step over here. We gotta look at it from here. And, <laughs> but I know with, you know, family members, it's just like, oh man, you need to deal with that shit. You need to just sit down and yeah. just sit with that. <laughs> and yeah. Like, and you know, like, you know, what's so cool though also is we get to like coming back around to this, the same concept of like, we get to create our families now, you know, we, yes. we have the family that we grew up with, but now we get to create our own families, like our soul tribe. Yes. Yes. I think that's beautiful too. I mean, I've been blessed beyond, oh my gosh all imagination with some beautiful tribe members that I've been collecting over the years. <laughs> Just put them I in mean, your pocket. And <laughs> so it's, it's not like it's a time thing necessarily because I have some people that I'm as close to after just like a year as, you know, the person that I've, you know, been close to for 20 years. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. not a time thing. It's a soul thing. 
Oh yeah. It's yeah, that like it's... soul recognition. Oh my and God. You just, you just like know it as soon as yeah. you meet them. You're like, oh, yeah. I know you. <laughs> walking into establishments. I wa- I was in a place, um, I think it's been about two weeks ago. Um, there's a place here in Lake City called your CBD store. I went in there and I was just looking for something for my dog because she has a little bit of anxiety and it causes her to um, like nip at herself. Like when she gets an itch or something and it turns into this like anxiety thing. So I went in there looking for something for her and it was immediate. The vibe in there was so good and the energy was so clear. I was like, I didn't even want to leave. I sat down there for a little bit and had some water was talking with everybody but it was uh, god it feels like you just found another home yeah yeah that's beautiful i love that it is it's amazing okay so um we're going to be wrapping it up here shortly but i want to ask you one more thing i have i told you i had a list (laughs) Um, okay so what's in your toolbox for (coughs) excuse me for your integration <coughs> specialist. <coughs> People are going to have to listen to me hack for a minute. Oh, yeah, okay. that's okay. Um, yeah, and it, it just kind of depends on the person. Um, and again, these are just things that have worked for me really well. Um, right. I would say... I think it would take me a while to list all of them, but I guess I'll just like list some of my top favorites. Um, I'd say one of the most important things you can do is spend some time alone, being in solitude, um, spending time in nature and being outside. Um, And if the weather is nice, grounding, putting your feet on the earth, you can even take some earth and bring it inside. You can put some soil in a bucket and put your feet in there. Um, Taking baths is definitely one of my favorite. I like to use some Epsom salts and some essential oils. Um, Listening to relaxing music, listening to uh, music of uh, specific frequencies, like I'd say in the 400s or higher um, hertz range. Right. I would say... um, just being really mindful of your diet overall. And that's not just food. So diet is anything that you consume. So that can be food, that can be television, it can be books, podcasts, music, um, anything. Like the people you're around, that's a big one too. If you have people in your life that are energetically draining you or they're always negative or um, anything like that, you know, just, just being very selective about who you share your energies with and also yes. being selective about who you share your experiences with, because again, not everybody can hold space for that. Yes. All very, very good things um, to have in your toolbox. Um, and I, and I'm guessing for you personally too, the flow arts, do you teach the flow arts? I do. Um, but I like to teach that in person. Um, it's, it's difficult to teach remotely unless someone already has experience. Yeah, yeah, I totally understand. Where are you located, Lee? Oh, goodness. I'm kind of a traveling vagabond right now. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. At the current moment, I'm in Tampa. Um, okay. I'm going to be heading back up to Atlanta, and then I'm going to be going to Tennessee for a little bit. And then um, cool. in early March, I'm actually heading down to Costa Rica for a couple of months. Excellent. Excellent. That sounds lovely. Um, I would love for you to stop by and say hi when you're on your way to Atlanta. I'm right off of. Oh, uh, yeah. You're on the way. That's right. I would love to. That would be amazing. I can put you up for the night if you want. Um, It would be great to sit with your face close to my face. Yes. (laughs) That would be be amazing. I would love to do that. Yeah, so we'll we'll talk more about that later. And I want to say thank you so much for spending time with me and um, the listeners and giving us some beautiful information and your view on so many things. I appreciate it so much. Do you have any closing thoughts? Uh, well, first, I want to say it's my absolute pleasure. And thank you so much um, for inviting me on the podcast. I'm truly, I'm honored to be here and I feel very blessed. Um, the only thing I would want to share with people is uh, just, you know, be kind to yourself, be kind and compassionate towards yourself and towards other people. Yes. And, you know, just remember to have a daily practice of self-love yes bingo you hit it right on the head man that's that's the biggest thing i think that's the biggest hump for most of us to really get started on that vision of where we want to be is the self-love you know Mm -hmm. we've been raised in a society where doing anything for ourselves is labeled selfish Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things that we need to deprogram like you said dismantle that belief right there I think if we can dismantle one belief to really get the ball rolling that would be it absolutely because it all starts there I'm telling you I you know and especially (laughs) as females um, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're taught to take care of everybody else before us. So that's right. That's the one thing I would like to see dismantled first. And I hope, um, you know, through doing the podcast and speaking with a lot of different people that, you know, that can get driven home. And I hope I can yeah. be, um, one of the, you know, lead by example kind of people. Exactly. So. Let's manifest it. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do that lee thank you again for being on the show i appreciate your time i appreciate everything you do and please um i'm going to put your website in uh the description of this episode if you could um send me jinju Dasala, the doctor can you send me her website that would be great um and if there's any other links that you would like for me to include i'd be happy to sounds great All right. Thanks again, love. You have a wonderful night. Thanks. You do the same. Take care. Bye-bye.